Om Gyanati Mirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurin Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha This devotee just put his bead bag on the Vyasasan. Kindly don't use Prabhupada's Vyasasan as a storage place. Ah, so, continuing the discussion of the transcendental qualities of Krishna. Now, some of these qualities... Uh, uh, you, devotees also want to develop. The next quality we're going to discuss concerns how Krishna is in control of his senses. So, devotee must control his senses. Krishna is also the attractor of all women. So, devotees don't want to try to become the attractor of all women. We study Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu uh, from the beginning. The subject matter is devotion to Krishna and the nectar of the rasa that is experienced therein. So in the uh, rules and regulations which are detailed toward the beginning of this book, there is uh, it's described how one should hear about Krishna, learn about Krishna. So when hearing about the transcendental qualities of Krishna, it's uh, understood that those who are fit to hear about this, they have full faith in Krishna's transcendental position beyond the three modes of material nature. So when we hear that Krishna is the attractor of all women, for instance, that has to be understood within the context of his being the supreme enjoyer, always situated beyond the three modes of material nature. Quality number 22 of Krishna is Vashi. He is one who controls or subjugates, uh, and here it's stated that, that the best controller is one who controls his senses. Now in the Bhagavatam, uh, Shukadeva Goswami gives, at one point gives a long list of names of great kings. Then the, the, these names are known to followers of Vedic culture, they are not known to most people in the world today. People in the world today are more likely to know. Yeah, well, in the Bhagavatam, there are names like Kartavir uh, Yarjuna, Prithu, and these are listed among the names. So these names are not known in the world today. People uh, nowadays, they may have heard the name of Stalin, Hitler, Mao Zedong, Churchill, so like this, there are various kings who come and go, and for some time they appear to be ruling over the world. But the greatest uh, of, among controllers is not one who can control a kingdom, however great the kingdom may be, but one who can control his senses. Now, how is it that Krishna, who is con he is uh, attractive to all women, is also described as being in control of his senses. This appears to be contradictory. But Krishna's controlling his senses is in a different category to that of the conditioned souls or the uh, aspiring transcendentalists who attempt to control their senses. The aspiring transcendentalists, they attempt to control their senses so that they can, or the ultimate aim is to fix their senses on Krishna. But Krishna, he doesn't have to try to control his senses. As Srila Prabhupada often noted, 
Krishna is always the supreme personality of Godhead. Often, he often noted. Srila mm-hmm. Prabhupada noted, just, just like we've been hearing about Putana, that from the very beginning of his life, Krishna, even though apparently a baby, exhibited the symptoms of the supreme personality of Godhead and was thus able to kill great demons like Putana. In other words, Krishna didn't have to undergo any process to become the Supreme. This is in contrast to the certain persons who claim to have followed some sadhana and thus become Supreme. But God is always God. When we say that He's in control of His senses, it's not like He's struggling to control His senses and then just about manages to keep them under control. But Krishna is uh, always automatically in control of everything. So when it's when it's stated that Krishna is in control of his senses, it's uh, it's not to be understood. It, 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 it's a different uh, Krishna has a di- different relationship with his senses to that of uh, lesser beings by by whom there's the possibility of being controlled by their senses. And uh, another difference is that the senses of everyone except Krishna can be controlled perfectly only by being engaged in the service of Krishna. Whereas Krishna's senses are for enjoying. Of course, others also enjoy, but others enjoy their senses by uh, serving Krishna and thus enjoying. So Krishna controls his senses by indulging them in enjoyment. And of course, Krishna is very much concerned with the pleasure of his devotees also. This is very difficult for materialistic people to understand because it it might appear that Krishna is simply a a, uh, a wanton enjoyer of the, like uncontrolled enjoyer no concern for others so actually Krishna's constitutional position is to enjoy and one of the qualities of Krishna which has been mentioned is is that he's vidagda which means he's he's an esthete a connoisseur of all uh, cultured things. So Krishna enjoys the very high-class music, foods, dance, drama, play, all these items. In this way, Krishna is in control of his senses by uh, engaging them in uh, enjoyment. So by Krishna's enjoyment, everyone uh, is benefited. When anyone in this material world tries to enjoy, it simply causes harm to others. There is a theory that everyone should just try to enjoy themselves as much as possible, as long as it doesn't harm others. But the very nature of enjoyment in this material world, the very attempt to do so, causes harm to the person who attempts to do so and to others also. But Krishna's uh, enjoyment that is beneficial for everyone. When Krishna dances uh, apparently with, 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 with women who are apparently others' wives, that is for the uh, benefit of every living being. But uh, persons who are devoid of Krishna consciousness, uh, they're so much in an opposite understanding that they deride Krishna's activities as being harmful. If anyone else but Krishna dances with others' wives, that is very harmful for human society. So when Krishna does so, that is for the, the topmost benefit for human society. But because people are so much uh, far away from understanding Krishna and actually envious of Krishna, we don't discuss 
very much among the public about Krishna's dancing with women who are apparently other people's wives. So an example of uh, Krishna's controlling his senses is given in the first canto of Bhagavatam. This is uh, pairing Krishna to materialistic people, that women who approached Krishna with false smiles and glances could not agitate him or, or seduce him. Now, there are various senses which may be agitated, but the example or, or the prime example is the uh, the sexual desire. The very word in Sanskrit for desire, karma, is it means desire in general and specifically sexual desire. Because sexual desire is the uh, the, the basis of all other desires and it's like the uh, epitome of all desires. Now in this verse which is quoted from the Bhagavatam, uh, it indicates that Krishna could be moved, his senses could be moved by uh, the queens of Dwarka, by the gopis of Vrindavan. Could, yeah. So if Krishna is attracted by the gopis, then how can we say that he's in control of his senses? Krishna is the supreme controller, but he agrees to be controlled by his yogamaya potency. That is a matter of love, but nothing material can attract Krishna. So the next quality is 23, stiraha, one who is uh, persevering, one who is steady. So this is a very important quality for devotees also. If one is steady in devotional service, that is a very uh, desirable quality. Those who have big ups and downs. It's a, it's a very dangerous situation. Sometimes very enthusiastic, sometimes not at all enthusiastic. One who steadily goes on serving Krishna, despite all difficulties, becomes recognized by Krishna. So Krishna himself is uh, steady. He doesn't sometimes say, look, I'm fed up of being God. Uh, it's just too much trouble. I'm fed up of all these people worshipping me. Why don't they just leave me alone? And Krishna, he uh, remains steady in his position. Here, uh, Rupa Goswami describes Stira uh, <coughs> uh, as one who is persevering and works steadily until realizing his goals. Once he decides to do something, he keeps on until the aim is fulfilled. Now, of course, uh, everything that Krishna desires can be fulfilled instantly by his Icha Shaktis, by his uh, power of desire, then immediately everything can be fulfilled. So again, everything, uh, we, we, we have to understand these descriptions of qualities in terms of his lila, his lila literally means play. Krishna performs activities for his own pleasure. Uh, Krishna doesn't uh, have to do anything, but he performs activities for his own pleasure and to instruct others. And to instruct. And to instruct others. If. Uh, everything was just immediately uh, fulfilled upon Krishna's desire, uh, then there would be no pastimes. For instance, we in Mahabharata we have a, a description of how the Pandavas 
with great faith in Krishna, overcame all obstacles and uh, emerged victorious in the battle of Kurukshetra. Now, Prabhupada often gave the example that Krishna could have told Arjuna that, well, listen, Arjuna, I'm God. You don't worry. You just go to sleep on this chariot and I'll kill everyone by myself. Well, there wouldn't have been much fun in that, would there? Then we wouldn't hear about how how the devotees with their great faith in Krishna and their perseverance were able to uh, overcome all obstacles by Krishna's grace. So Krishna often acts almost as if he's an ordinary human being, as if he has to struggle to achieve something or endeavor to achieve something. Yeah, an example is given here of the uh, in the pastime of the Syamantaka jewel. So that was lost and Krishna Prasena, the brother of Satrajit, he took that out, he went riding in the forest and then Prasena was found dead and the jewel gone and Krishna was, Satrajit was blaming Krishna for this. So uh, it's interesting that Satrajit was able to spread this rumor because uh, he was saying, well, how in Dwaraka could anyone suspect Krishna of being involved in murdering Prasena to get the jewel? But uh, some people had believed it so much so that Krishna wanted to clear his name and keep a good reputation. I hope you all know this narrations from Srimad Bhagavatam, otherwise it might be difficult for you to follow this discussion. Uh, anyway, Krishna, he went to find out what had actually happened and to try to recover the Syamantaka jewel, which might seem a pretty hopeless task. Someone had been murdered in the forest and the jewel taken away from him, and then uh, how are we going to find out who did it and where the jewel is? Of course, Krishna knows everything. But again, he acts as if, in, in many ways, he acts as if he doesn't know everything for the sake of performing his pastime. So it's a difficult task to uh, resolve this mystery of what had happened to the Samantaka jewel and to clear Krishna's name even though he was being slandered. But Krishna went to the forest and... Uh, he investigated the whole situation. He came to when he came to the uh, very deep and dark cave. He entered there alone. He, he told the others accompanying him, "You, you just wait here. I'll enter alone." No. So it might seem like a very fearsome situation, but Krishna, he was fixed in his purpose. And uh, of course, from this whole incident, so many. Uh, so many purposes were served. Krishna enjoyed fighting with his devotee, Jambavan. Uh, he gave mercy to Jambavan by eventually uh, Jambavan realizing that this was his, uh, who he was fighting with was not an enemy, but his worshipable Lord. Krishna recovered the Samantaka jewel, which he wasn't actually very much interested in. But along with this Samantaka jewel, he got from Jambavan an, another jewel, which he was very interested in, Jambavati, the daughter of Jambavan, who became his second queen. So uh, Krishna, he persevered and came out successful. Udhyama kritadhyam hi halod ayam Those of steady intelligence persevere in their work until attaining the result. So this is a lesson for us all in uh, these modern or new age books on management and personality development, this quality of 
sticking to your purpose until the goal is reached. This is described in various ways. It is a basic principle of success in every endeavor, that, in any endeavor that you have to stick to your purpose. So this is uh, superlatively demonstrated by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Of course, all his goals are worth attaining. The goals of materialistic people, even though they may struggle and persevere and very steadily work until they attain it, they're useless. Uh, the next quality, number 24, is mentioned, dantaha, which means, uh, in this context, it's patient. Uh, the person who endures necessary suffering is called patient. Now, Krishna doesn't suffer, does he? Krishna is always enjoying, isn't it? Once uh, a priest came to Srila Prabhupada and said, Christian priest, and said that, we've now understood the inner mystery of Jesus coming to this world, that God is suffering for the benefit of mankind. This is standard Christian dogma. I'm not sure in the Orthodox Church, but in the Catholic and Protestant churches, they say that God died for our sins. It's considered the central point of Christian understanding. He suffered for us. Is that also there in the Orthodox understanding? Yeah. Anyway, when this priest said that to Prabhupada, Prabhupada said that his response was, that is rascaldom. The idea that God suffers is rascaldom. He's always enjoying he doesn't suffer. Or that he has to suffer to free us from sins. And that suggests that there's that he is also under the... He is also... Uh, involved in the in the laws of the universe he's under the control of the or he's he has to make some concession to the laws of the universe but we know that krishna says sarvadhaman parityajya mamekam sharanam raja aham tvam sarvapapebhyo moksha yashami mashuchaha surrender to give up all varieties of religion and surrender to me i will deliver you from all sinful reactions do not fear Krishna says, do not fear, he assures us that there is, uh, Krishna is fully capable of freeing us from sinful reactions. We shouldn't, we shouldn't doubt that at all. The ordinary process to get free from sinful reactions is to perform some, uh, und some undesirable action. You, you take on, one takes on some difficulty and that clears one from the difficulty one would have had to suffer from the sinful reaction. This is called atonement. So if you think that, well, God will take on a lot of suffering, and in this way he'll clear the suffering of everyone else, that, according to Srila Prabhupada, is rascal. Which means it is rascal. But uh, because Krishna, just by his will, he can just change the, the, the whole karmic debt. Oh. Just clear it. Nevertheless, it's stated here that Krishna, uh, he may endure some suffering. So again, this is to be understood in terms of Krishna's pastimes. Krishna's apparent suffering is also a uh, pleasure for him. The example is given here uh, that Krishna lived in the house of his guru. So in Bhagavatam, tapasa brahmacharya, you know, these two... Uh, austerity and brahmacharya, these two are considered together. So brahmacharya life is uh, undertaken in the house of the guru, and the brahmacharya is expected to undergo difficulties for the sake of the guru. And uh, especially 
we have the uh, description in Bhagavatam of how Krishna, when he was in the Gurukul, the house of his guru, he, on one occasion, he went with Sudama to the forest and they were caught in a storm and they underwent very severe difficulties for the sake of their serving their guru. But uh, not only on that one occasion, but in general the brahmacharis, they perform austerities. And Krishna also did, although his body was very soft and he was used to leading a pampered life, being fed butter by so many mothers, but then he had to go to the Gurukul. And that was also one kind of pleasure for Krishna. And he showed in this way how to uh, undergo difficulties without being disturbed. So it's very useful for us to meditate on these qualities. Just like this one in the execution of our devotional service, uh, we have to undertake various difficulties. So if we remember that Krishna himself, for the sake of serving his guru, undertook various difficulties, then that will uh, inspire us to do, this, do likewise. Uh, the next quality is Kshamashila, which is translated here as tolerant, but one, one who forgives, forgiving, and one who endures the offenses of others is called forgiving and tolerant. And the example in the relationship with Krishna, the very well-known example is that of Krishna tolerating Shishupal's repeated verbal offenses. Shishupal blasphemed Krishna again and again, and Krishna simply didn't respond. And uh, an example is quoted that a lion, when, the, when there's a roar of thunder, a lion will roar in response. But when the jackal howls, then the lion doesn't respond. So Krishna is very tolerant of the offenses of others. Just like uh, Indra, he caused so much offense, he wanted to kill everyone in Vrindavan by drowning everyone in torrential rainfall. And at first Krishna was thinking to just destroy Indra completely. But then he thought, why should I bother? He's so insignificant. So Krishna just tolerated Indra's offenses. Uh, another description is given by Yamuna Acharya of the mercy and tolerance of Krishna, that uh, he tolerated, a, a, how he tolerates offenses. Um, that in, in the form of Ramachandra, he forgave the crow who pecked at Sita's breast and thus uh, hurt her. And uh, of course, Shishupal Krishna did eventually respond. Shishupal was offending Krishna from practically the first words he spoke. When he, children are very young, then the parents are just waiting. What will be the first word that they say? And they're hoping it will be mother or father. But Shishupal's first words were, I hate Krishna. <laughs> so again and again he was insulting Krishna. But eventually Krishna thought that when he had insulted Krishna in the public assembly and caused an uproar and disrupted the, the whole sacrifice, then Krishna just very expertly cut off his head without dropping any blood. And then he uh, um, he gave liberation to Shishupal. So in this way it, it shows that he, he didn't, Krishna didn't have any... Uh, he was willing to tolerate Shishupal's offenses and he didn't have any uh, bitterness against him, any grudge against him. The next quality is described as Gambhira, which means 
very deep and grave. Uh, a person whose intentions are difficult to comprehend is called inscrutable. And the example is given. Example means examples are given, but uh, but there are, there may be for each of these qualities there may be many 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 examples, but. Just some examples are given to demonstrate the point. So the example is given that Brahma, after offending Krishna by stealing his cowherd boyfriends and calves, Brahma came to pray to Krishna and Brahma came to beg forgiveness. So Brahma offered uh, so many actually very important prayers, important in as much as they have much important uh, philosophical instruction. And then Brahma finished, and Krishna didn't say anything. And Brahma was didn't know, is, it, is he pleased with me, or is he angry with me, or what's going on? Krishna thought this, he, Krishna himself thought, now I'm in a very difficult situation. I just want to go and play with my friends, and there's this funny fellow offering all these prayers to me. And, you know, I'd really like to go and play, but he looks like he's really upset, and I should try and <laughs> please him. So, Brahma couldn't understand at all, and even though he's got four heads and he's got a good good brain in each of them, better than Einstein, uh, but he, he knows so many things going on all over the universe, but he couldn't understand Krishna's intentions at all. Yeah, Brahma says that others may say that, say that they understand Krishna, but as far as I'm concerned, and I'm supposed to be the, the most intelligent person in the universe, I can't understand anything about Krishna. His intentions are very difficult to understand. This morning we were hearing about uh, Krishna before he was, he was just about to kill Putana. She didn't know at the time. Krishna closed his eyes. So the Vaishnava Acharyas, who are all self-realized souls, have suggested different reasons why Krishna did so. So all the different reasons that were offered, they may all be true, even though some of them may be apparently contradictory. What are the reasons? Can Let's see if anyone can remember. Well, sure if I remember them all. Sure Maharaj can remember them all. What were the reasons that Krishna closed his eyes? What are the reasons that the Acharyas have suggested? Why did he do that? One is that she's a woman and he's about to kill her. So Krishna thought, well, that's not... I'm supposed to kill all the demons, that's why I come. But killing a woman, the first one he's going to kill is a woman. So he thought, well, maybe that's not so nice, but I have to do it anyway. So, and another one? She, yeah. she killed a lot of children before. She killed a lot of children, so he didn't like to see her face. She was so sinful. And another reason? He accepted her as uh, her, his a new nurse. Yeah, he thought there's a, a, a new nurse has come, so there's no problem. You can just relax, everything's okay. One more? Yeah. Let someone else say. Anyone? Good. Some message to Yeah, to, to, uh, to give her the assurance that everything's okay. He, he, Things are going to go okay, you don't worry. It's just, uh, just an ordinary baby and nothing for you. You can go ahead with your plan. For sure, her. Now, that Krishna closed his eyes because he didn't want to see the face of a 
sinful killer of children is uh, well that's a complete that's not possible that he could also be closing his eyes because he was thinking here's a new nurse and that's nice so everything's okay it's contradictory so the acharyas have given different possible explanations of why krishna closed his eyes at that time but their explanations some of them seem to be contradictory well we'll come to that point at the end of the list of qualities how some of krishna's qualities they appear to be contradictory everything is possible for krishna when krishna was performing his leela in vrindavan did he know that he was god or was he covered by yoga maya shakti and if you got that he was god did he sometimes remember and sometimes forget so all the time he knew that he was god and all the time he forgot is that possible yes for krishna it's possible but we can't imagine but again we are hearing about the transcendental qualities of krishna and uh, transcendental means inconceivable what is possible for krishna is not possible or even imaginable for us and that's how it should be because if he was only just a little bit better than us then how would he be this supreme absolute truth personality of god so uh Another example of Krishna's being difficult to understand was that when Krishna was holding Govardhan Hill he was uh, very much affected by the love of Radha but even Balaram couldn't work that out Balaram's also the personality of Godhead so this appears to be not a logical description that's correct it's not logical achintya khalu ye bhavana tangs tarkena yojayat prakrite vyo parang yachchatad achintya syalakshanam krishna is inconceivable the very meaning of inconceivable is that it's no use trying to understand everything about it by our mundane intelligence krishna's qualities they are uh, born or they they are inherent in his transcendental character which is fully beyond the three modes of material nature fully beyond everything of this material world so the next quality described is dhriti steadiness which see, many of the qualities they may seem to be the same but there may be subtle differences we already had stira which also means steady and it's a, a similar description that one who's in control of the mind before we had this stira as being as sorry sorry vashi who, who is uh, yeah he's in control of his senses so this means in control of the mind uh, here it's described or rupa goswami describes that one who is fully satisfied in his desires is called steadfast or one who remains peaceful even when there's cause for agitation steadfast krishna is known as atmarama one who takes pleasure in himself and he's also called aptakama one whose all desires are fulfilled so krishna has uh, nothing to desire all his desires are fulfilled he's not uh, agitated in any circumstances therefore he's fully peaceful in mind So an example is given that Krishna he is he is described here as yasha priya he's he's likes to be famous the six among the six principal opulences of the supreme personality of godhead one is mentioned yasha fame so krishna is famous he likes to be famous 
He's uh, he likes to be Krishna. He's not thinking I'd like to be someone else. I don't like to be an ordinary devotee in the temple. I'd like to be the GBC or I don't like to be a factory worker. I'd like to be the boss of the factory. I don't like to be an ordinary housewife. I'd like to be Miss World. But Krishna is fully uh, satisfied with what he is, which happens to be the central point of all existence. So Krishna likes to be famous, but at the same time, uh, he's satisfied with the famous that he has, and he gives honor to others. And the example given is that he could have personally killed Jarasandha and got the fame for doing so, but he gave the opportunity instead to Bhima. I saw in a magazine in India that uh, on the internet, all the among all the gods, the number one hit is Hanuman. Which is number two? Krishna's number two. <laughs> Hanuman's way out there, the most popular. <laughs> So Hanuman appears to be more accomplished than Ram. Once I was speaking to a group of lawyers, and lawyers, they like to try and checkmate you with their arguments. This is in India. This Lawyers in Russia wouldn't ask this kind of question. Well, Lord Ram is famous for building a bridge of floating stones to Lanka. But Hanuman was better. He was greater because he didn't have to even build a bridge. He just jumped. You said it. No, oh. the lawyer says he wanted to put like a challenge. <laughs> so I said that, well, by the grace of the Lord, he makes his devotee appear to be greater than him. And actually, Hanuman appears to be, uh, from from all his exploits related in Ramayana, he appears to be more capable than yeah. even Ram. And Krishna, he made uh, Arjuna the hero in the battle. Nimittamatram bhavasavyasaja. I've killed... I've already killed everyone, but anyway, you become the instrument. You get the fame, Arjuna. So I don't have time to speak more about that. Hare Krishna. Can continue that at some point in the next few days. So Hare Krishna. Do we have prasadam to distribute? No, Kadishi. Everyone's breathing air only today. <laughs> All right, well, I could speak for another five minutes then. It's there. It is there? Okay. Sankirtan Guru wants to make an announcement. Okay, Sankirtan Guru will...